some of us just say they love The Office, and some of us actually do love The Office. Goodness. But, I mean... For $85 million. I'm told... other TV show to watch. I'm told money can't buy happiness, and I wouldn't know. But, um... Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Yak Sports Podcast is back, and we have lots of high school action to jump into. Joe Deck is with me. I'm Leela McRae. And Joe, we got to take in some good high school basketball this past weekend. A lot of good games going on around the area. Well, let's start with the team that won their region. The Riverheads boys won region 1B. Uh, they had a great game against Sussex Central at their home gym. They won 46-40. And, uh, you know, Riverheads jumped out to a lead there, but uh, – Sussex came back in the second half, made it really tough with their good defense. And um, it, it was a good game. Riverheads comes out, makes history. And uh, that's the first time they've won a region championship at Riverheads. I was a part of some really good teams at Riverheads. Um, a front row seat uh, right there beside the coach there. And uh, But there, there was really good teams there. We could never get out of the region. Um, the team, right after I graduated, did go to the state final uh, and came up short there, but still didn't win a region then. And then there's been all these state runs, I think 2009, and then uh, these last couple of years, never winning the region. So this is new territory for the Riverheads Gladiators boys, and uh, it's it's big down there in Greenville. Yeah, um, it's a big win for Riverheads. I was there for the second half. So I didn't see them amass that big lead that they got in the first half, and maybe Hot I was shooting. Yeah, yeah, maybe I was the bad luck because when I got there, things started to unravel kind of quickly. But they did kind of hold on, and then ended up and went by six. Um, I I'll say this: I hope Riverheads practicing a box in one attack because that they're going to see a lot of that. I was really surprised to see how much they kind of struggled with that uh, and every time they would try to go inside, it's just all five guys would collapse on the guy. It was like, they couldn't figure out how to get it out. Um, so that would be one concern, uh, from a riverhead standpoint. Um, I know Grant and Adam painter again, though, kind of carried the way there for riverheads. And that's kind of the way they play basketball is just as far as the painters go, riverheads will go. It's a big game against Matthews, but they get to play it locally. They'll be playing at draft. So, you know, that's going to be good for Riverheads in that state quarterfinal on March the 6th. So, again, it's always nice when they get to play closer to home. And, again, Matthews at draft. That tip is scheduled for 6 p.m. That will be on ESPN 1240 The Boss as well. Yeah. So that's good for Riverheads. But I would just like to see look when grant and adam painter are going to contribute the way they contributed in that game to be able to win that's great but i would just like to see not be as reliant once now that they're in the states because teams are going to figure that out really quickly and they're going to take them away and well eventually you're going to run into a team that has that ability to take them away and you have to find somebody else you need other options, and I think, I mean, we saw Elijah Dunlap had a big game uh, the game before that, and, and I think he'll need to step up here in these uh, remaining games for them to to really be successful. But basketball is a game where stars can lead teams, and, I mean, you, you would say this about those Lehigh teams with, with Jarvis and Darius, and, and those guys had big games as the season stretched down. Sure, they needed help. It wasn't all those guys, but, I mean, we covered Gate City two years in a row in a row with Matt McClellan. 
Everybody knew what Mac was going to do, and he scored big points every time we saw him play. I think Grant Painter still can lead this team and still be the man. I don't think they just have to find somebody else, but you're going to have to have more numbers from Dunlap. You're just going to have to have just a little more bump out of some of these guys. I think they were lucky they got through that last game without having that, particularly from Dunlap. And, and they don't have a very offensive inside presence. I mean, Deacon Moore is down there battling on defense, doing a great job, uh, particularly in that game against Carver. He just was super on his on his birthday and really had a big night. But I, I, I'm optimistic. I mean, and that's, that's me, and I'm optimistic. And I, I know this team coming in, Matthews, they have some history where they've been – you know, in the final four before in the state and stuff, but it is not, you know, overbearing history by any means. And this is a team that, you know, beat Riverheads when they faced each other back in 2017 by 20. It's, it's a different group of guys though. There's, there's only like a couple guys that were freshmen on that team that are on this team now. So I think you can throw it out the window. I think if it's all comes down to Riverheads defensive intensity, because when they play, with more intensity on defense, whether they're stopping every score or not, as long as they're playing with that intensity, that attitude, it turns around to positive things on the offensive end for them. And uh, they're going to have to shoot. Well, they can't shoot poorly and win. They just, they don't have the inside. They're not making layups enough where they can, <laughs> where they can't shoot outside and, and, and afford to miss there. So um, it just comes to bound that intensity and shooting well. Uh, and you know, <sighs> I guess it's not a true box and one that they were going against because they did switch between uh, the box and one and kind of a two, two, one, two zone that when Grant Painter didn't have the ball, it was a two, one, two zone to prevent Grant Painter from being able to get inside and get a pass inside. But when Grant Painter had the ball, that's when it was a box and one and they just rushed everybody. They rushed those three guys out there and kind of smothered him. And yeah. again, it, it, to me, there were, there were some opportunities where I saw guys that I thought maybe had shots and they didn't take them, and then they would turn the ball over. It's just something I, I want to see Riverheads work on moving forward because that was the one thing that would have worried me about the Sussex Central game uh, from a Gladiator standpoint. Now, that being said, they got the win. They did enough to I'm, win, and that's what's important. I, I think it's interesting, too. You know, of the this, this is third straight year in states, and I don't know if you would have told me, if, say, take each one of these three teams January 15th. And you said, pick which one of these teams on January 15th, which one of these teams is going to go the deepest. I don't know if I'd pick this team, but they're gelling perfectly. And, and that defensive intensity is really good. I mean, that team two years ago when Brayson Fulton was an all-state player and on the roster, and then you had a young Grant Painter. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a solid team with some height and some, you know, outside ability and, and shooting was as good as what it is now, but they're just gelling better now. So I, I give them a lot of credit that this is their deepest run that they've been able to do. Um, on probably the team that's playing more like a team and less um, just, you know, beating you with talent. Yeah, they're at home, so hopefully they can use that to their advantage, get into that state semifinal, and then who knows what happens there. I agree, and uh, we're looking forward to covering it. Yep. Stewart's draft, they played uh, on Saturday night as well. We called that game at Spotswood High School. They lost 106-95 to to East Rock. Uh, I got to be honest, though, going into that game, I kind of thought Stewart's draft was going to get throttled a little bit. I just thought East Rock was a lot better. But I, I saw something out of Stewart's draft that gives me confidence. I'm not going to say they're going to make a deep run in the state, but if they play like they did against East Rock, they might be able to walk away from the John Marshall game with a win 
because I I actually thought they played a very solid game minus leaving Kyle Levick open for three numerous times. Other than that, I thought they played a very solid game. They were very much fighting and scrappy. Uh, and in particular, Freddie Watkins impressed me. Uh, we talked about it, Cleland. He almost, I don't, I don't know if they had an official total in rebounds in the Stanton newsletter or not, but he almost had a double double from offensive boards alone. So yeah, I had him down for nine offensive rebounds and I mean, he was going right back up with the ball when he got it too. And it was just an impressive game out of him and just his presence on the offensive end, even though he wasn't the point guard, even though he wasn't the go-to guy, it's just, he was, he was getting to the ball and making it happen. And you got to appreciate that. Um, I mean, you talk about, you talk about him leaving shooters open that crazy style produces outside shots for the opposing team. Cause I mean, they're crashing back the lane to try to stop layups because they're vulnerable already from probably turning the ball over at midquarter or shooting a lawn ball and someone getting a breakaway off of it. I mean, it's the Grinnell system that they put in back in 11-12. I mean, they've been running it nine years now. They stick to it no matter what. And and some of the the byproducts, the bad ones, is, is what East Rock was able to beat them with. Um, outside shooting, those mid-range jumpers. And um, honestly, East Rock's, East Rock's a better team. Not saying Stuart Straft, if they somehow come up with a rematch, couldn't somehow beat them. But I just think East Rock's the better team. And I think Draft's system affords them to not quite have the talent. They don't have an, uh, a Tyler Nickel on their team. And, no. and that's no offense to anybody on Stuart Straft. It's just they don't. But still, they find a way to be in that game and give themselves. They had an opportunity to win that game. It was tied in the fourth quarter. They had the opportunity. Then they got back by nine and just couldn't get over that hump. But man, they really were in that game late. And, and that was something I, I don't think riding up there, I thought I would definitely see that night. I, I was kind of thinking it, it might be worse for them just because I had seen East Rock dominate him so badly a year previous. And when we give the Stewart's draft team all the credit that, hey, this system surprises people, East Rock wouldn't be somebody they were surprising. But here's John Marshall, who, I mean, maybe it's bulletin board material, but hey, this is an all-time program in the state yeah. of Virginia. I mean, they've won eight state championships, been runners up four times, and this isn't all history in the 50s. I mean, this is state tournament final fours in 19, 18, 16, 14, 13. I mean, that's a lot. So this team is used to coming in one game, facing a team they haven't played before, having a game plan. They're going to come in knowing what Stuart Straff does, but I always do caution these teams, and, and I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to give them help, but it's hard to know what this team's doing until you get on the court with it. Cause they really just go all to the wall there and, and, and will do whatever it takes to get a three chucked up there or get a fast break. So I think it's going to be an interesting game Friday happening at uh, Huguenot high school, eight o'clock. And it's a part of a double header, but I, I agree with you. I think Stewart's draft has a chance, but they are the underdog here and I, it's do or do or die now. And uh, I give them a chance, but I'm worried about how good this John Marshall team is. They won the state championship just two years ago. A lot of people have been picking them to win it this year. It If it produces an East Rock-John Marshall game, I think the winner of that game wins states. No. I don't think John Marshall can. Okay. I think East Rock might. I don't think John Marshall will. I, I think... You got Gate City and Radford down there, and those teams have just turned into dynasties. I mean, that's Radford is very good. I am not as high on Gate City, uh, but Radford is very good. But I just, 
from what doing a, what from about another two thousand has I just I just have that feeling this year. What about another two thousand point score do you not like about Gate City? Is he going to Georgetown? Well, he's another two thousand point score. Is he going to Elon or wherever the other one's at? Uh, I don't know where he's going, but I know that I hadn't much, heard much from him, so I, I'm glad he's racked up some points down there in Southwest Virginia. I I haven't heard any hype about this kid, and the last two I have, one being Mac McClellan, one being Zach Irvin. I've heard about those guys plenty. This guy was out of nowhere, scored two thousand points. I, I'm just not as optimistic he's going to put the team on his back like Mac McClellan did. Okay. Okay. Let's go to the girls game. Riverhead still at it in the girls side. And this is a return trip to the States. Last year, they lost to the state semifinal to Surrey, a team that they've just having a little trouble with uh, as they lost last week to them in the region final. Uh, they're trying to get to a chance to probably see them again. They need to beat Rappahannock. They're playing at Lancaster on Friday at six. We'll have updates on 1240 as we're calling the Riverheads boys game. But you know, Rappahannock is a beatable team, but having to travel across the state, take on this team, and really come, you got to have your best when you're in the state playoffs. And I think we've said that about the other two games. You're going to have to have your good game. The, the ladies are going to have to do it. They're going to have to score those tough points, be scrappy, and they're going to have to knock down some outside shots. Yeah, Leland, uh, I agree. I, I think, obviously, you know, when we're talking about the difference between the girls road ahead versus the boys road ahead. Obviously the first one that leaps out, like you said, is the road. They're going to have to go on the road. That's tough. Um, they lost the region championship. They didn't go in as the one seed like the boys did, which is, I don't know, I guess just kind of the weird thing about it, because I, I think you and I would both say the girls in terms of the Shandoah district had a much better season. than The boys, the boys yeah, were, the boys were at the bottom. The girls were near the top. Uh, but unfortunately one B is a little bit better in girls basketball than boys basketball this year. And that meant that they had to go play Surrey at Surrey. They didn't win that game, but it was close. So it's a great program there. Yeah. So now, now they have to go, uh, to play Rappahannock. Uh, so they could win that game. And I if they I do, really think they can, and if they do, then, you know, like we said with the boys and this goes the same for draft, you know, if you get in that final four, a lot of crazy things can happen, but, um, it, you look and man, George with is there again. That's a really good team in girls yeah. basketball. Honeaker is really good. I think yeah, Patrick the other Henry was Patrick a contender. Henry, the I, was say, I mean, they're good in every girl sport. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Emily Grubb, I think is the key there for the gladiators. She's that scrappy player that can do a lot of different things, and I think she's had some games better than others. And I, I think she needs to have a top game along with the other girls that have top games. I think she's that key. I, I think you see consistent good games maybe out of some of the other names. I think with her, she's got to get some point totals out there. She's got to be double figures. She's got to be getting those steals. I, when Every time I've seen her, she's been really aggressive. They're going to need that out of her against Rappahannock and, and any other games they play. So this week, all we have is the quarterfinals for states. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll have more podcasts today, too. But next week, we'll talk about how those games went and set up the state semifinals and state finals. As uh, Make sure you're subscribed because I believe we're going to try to drop next Monday to be ahead of those Tuesday games. All right, Joe, let's open back up to the national picture a little bit more, uh, but still sticking with the teams we care about. NCAA basketball, Virginia Tech, more tough weeks out of many tough weeks. We've lost nine of 10. We're going to play on the opening day of the uh, ACC Georgia tech. You know, 
apparently wasn't already suspended for the postseason, mm. but now they are accepting being suspended for the uh, postseason. That won't help us. We're still going to play on Tuesday. Um, well, if just, if we went out, there is a path that they could technically have. And I guess Clemson and Notre Dame are winnable by. possible games, but we're going to play a lot better than we have generally been playing. I I know some games we've lost and still look good. I mean, UVA game, we still fought back in that after not scoring in the first half. Yeah. Uh, you know, we battled in some of these bigger games. Louisville, we were in it halfway through the second half. But we're going to need full full 40 minute of basketball to be able to beat either one of these teams. And it would be nice to see that here down the stretch and, and give you a little positive going into the tournament that maybe we could upset a team or something. Um, but yeah, it we'll we'll see what we get. Yeah, uh, I don't. Hmm. I hate to say it, but I, I don't know if we're going to win another conference game. So Clemson's at home. I know we won at Clemson, but it seems like an entirely different season. That seems like a year. Well, ago. that was game one. Yeah, that was November. I mean, that <laughs> was that Clemson's was a won long some big games time then. ago, and we don't look like that team. Uh, yeah, but Clemson. OK, we won some big games and then we dropped off. Clemson won some big games. And they're not, they've dropped off. So I still think of that very winnable. It's winnable, but I don't know if not we very, will. Not very, not very, just winnable. Yeah, it's winnable. I don't know if we will, but I hope we do. Um, something I'm going to bring to the podcast or do it until I don't care anymore uh, is maybe like a song of the week to go with something that we're doing or something that we're talking <laughs> about. And uh, Leland will appreciate this because we listened to some Halsey on the way back, but I guess the song of the week would be Halsey's Ghost, uh, where she, and again, it, don't look too deep into it. There's just a line b- uh, about my ghost, where did you go? Uh, talking about this person's not like they used to be. And that's the Landers Nolly. That guy was so much better early in the year. And now that guy looks like a guy who maybe should be playing less minutes. Um there are a lot of possessions where I'm just like, man, he is hurting. Uh, but again, I think part of that is just he knows he's the best player on the floor. He has the most talent. Unfortunately, we're not seeing that translate all the time. Uh, so it stinks. Uh, I think that this year is maybe not. Now I'm starting to get to the point of maybe it's not where I had hoped because I kind of did think we would be a little better than yeah. six ACC wins. But. We were saying that in the preseason. We weren't going to play on the first day of the ACC tournament. We're going to prove everybody wrong, and we haven't done that. Yeah, so it's not looking great, but I, that being said, I still like what Mike Young's future looks like there. I like the recruiting class he's bringing in, and I don't think we're going to see the number of transfers out of that program that we saw in the Buzz era just because I think Mike Young is a different – Buzz is a very good coach, but Mike Young is a different personality oh. that I think is more relatable for kids today. And those Twitter people that are like, bring back buzz and all that, like, stop with your nonsense. Dumb. I'm so those much happier long-term so with Mike Yon and, and giving today where we're at. I'm so happy long-term with Mike Yon. I knew we weren't going to have buzz forever. No matter what happened with buzz, yeah. we weren't going to have him forever. I liked buzz. I liked him when he was there, but I knew it was short-term. And, uh, yeah, I would have liked it to been longer-term <laughs> last year when he was leaving us. But I – I accepted that he left and I have moved on and I'm happy with Mike Young. And if you think we need buzz back to have a good program, 
I, yeah, Mike Young I, will build this program. If he yes. could build and get Wofford to a seven seed, imagine what he's yeah. going to do with an ACC budget and ACC recruiting capability. I, I really think he's These capable. These are probably the and, same people that like Fuente, though. I mean, they're just dumb. I, I think we're going to be like a top half ACC team, like consistently, and then start taking our shots. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago that UVA probably had that kind of mindset too. be a top half ACC team and then take our shots. They've jumped up from there. And obviously that's been proven these last couple of weeks where they were having a down early ACC part of their schedule. Mm -hmm. They've really taken off. They've won nine of 10 while we've lost nine of 10, won the last six, you know, beat us last week. Uh, holding us to only 11 points in the first half. But then, you know, a solid win against Duke. I, I don't think Duke is – Duke isn't Duke this year. Duke isn't that giant on the wall like they normally are. But still, whenever anybody beats Duke, that's a big fun. Fine, have it. But UVA is at the point where their program where beating Duke during the regular season doesn't tell a story. you gotta you got to do it in the postseason. And they know it better than anybody because they've experienced both ends of that. And they seem to be getting good at the right time. I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope it gets proven the opposite way. But they are playing very, very good basketball right now. And and they need to score more points. And that's why I really don't think they're going to go far in the tournament. That was the different thing about last year's team. They were putting that good defense with, for them, maximum offensive put out. They don't have that this year. So I don't think they're going to go deep. But they might win this ACC tournament. ACC is really bad this year. Yeah. All right. The JMU guys, one more game for Lewis Rowe. One more game. That's God. really all I have to say about it. They play in the CAA tournament against number seven Elon on Saturday. And then I guess we're on row watch Sunday and Monday. <laughs> just fire him. Just as soon as the game's over, just announce it. Everybody knows it's coming. Just announce it. Be, just do the right thing. Meet him at the curb next to the bus. Yeah. Yeah, and just say, "Hey, man, thanks for all your hard work." We you, called you an Uber. Yeah, we. You know <laughs> what? You know what? If you really love the guy because he's a Madison man, buy him a hotel so he can enjoy the time up there with his, you know, family or whatever in DC, and they can have a a nice thing to kind of try to forget about this year. Because I'm sure he's not happy with how this year went either. But God, I, it, it I needs mean, to in end. all honesty, I I agree with that sentiment. Like, it's just not working. Like it doesn't, we don't have to hate him forever. We don't have to, I'm sure there's no reason to hate him. I mean, it's not like like, JMU men's basketball is some, yeah, it's not like JMU men's basketball is some pillar of greatness. I mean, if you go in that, the convocate, well, you can't now, but when you looked in the convocation center at the banners, they were mostly women's banners. They're not men's banners for a reason. It's not a very successful program all time. So it's not like Mike Rowe has taken this great honorable program and driven it into the ground. I mean, he just basically, he took a Cessna and took the wings off of it. I mean, that's that's the only thing that's happened. So now you have yeah. to find somebody to build an actual plane. Yeah, I think we still got a motor, though. I think you and I, I were talking know. about this going up the road the other day. I think you're going into a new building, uh, which is going to have a lot of hype around it. There is fan support for these programs, and we can see it in the sports that are, are that are doing the winning. There's fans there. So all you got to do is start start winning some, and I think you can have really good support I think you can, I mean, you're writing something fresh. You're writing something new. So I think you can sell this job. It will be interesting to see if Bourne can do that. But I think you you have something to sell here. And uh, I think it. Yeah, I kind of agree, Leland. I think he has something to sell. To me, it is one of the worst jobs because this men's basketball program hasn't really been anything since Lefty Trezell was there. So and we're talking decades at this point. 
this has not been a very good men's basketball program. You're in a bad league for men's basketball in the CAA. So I don't know. See that, but, but that's my thing is, I mean, you can come in here, you got a new stadium, you could potentially move into a different conference at some time in the near future. And yeah, I think I Bourne could, you to could dangle that out there in front of a coach. I mean, I, I think, I don't think it's just the worst program. I don't, I, I think there's a lot of positives you can, you can present on this. And it's not Shamanad, but it's not. <laughs> it, you get to live in Hawaii there, don't you? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that might be a better job because at least then you're getting your brain beat in in the Maui Invitational on national TV, but you're in Hawaii. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, to me, I used to believe when JMU would float this, you know, well, hey, you know, conference realignment will be looking. I don't believe it anymore. I think JMU is happy being nobody in the CAA. I, I think they're happy. They look at the field hockey championships that they win, and that's great. But I think the field hockey program and the other programs there would really benefit from a better conference. I think they could still win national championships in field hockey. I think the women's lacrosse team would still be successful. I think the soccer programs would still be successful. And I think the women's basketball team would be even more successful if you moved out of the CAA. The CAA is not a good league. I'm tired of trying to be sold on that bag of magic beans that JMU tries to pitch out there. Your first two rounds are on flow sports. So they're going to have a rating of two as in two people will watch the opening round of the CAA men's basketball tournament. Cause that's about how many people have flow sports. It's terrible. So do you think JMU tries to go back to a Madison man or do you think uh, they need to be looking elsewhere? There's only one Madison man that they should hire. And I don't think he would take the job. And that's the thing. I think we're, we're talking about Kenny Brooks and Kenny, Kenny played on the men's team and then he got into the program and then got on the girls side and, and became head coach and one of the best, the best women's coach, I guess there ever. Um, I, I just what Kenny wants. What does he want to come back to JMU? Does he want to come back and live in Harrisonburg uh, where it is home for him and coach the team that he played on? I know he already coached in the, for the school that he played for, but does he want to coach the program that he played in? It's all about what he wants. I'll tell you, if it's me, I'm staying in the ACC where you can really do something in the ACC being good at women's basketball. And I'm, I'm not trying to make projections for Virginia tech women's basketball, but I've seen Notre Dame grow. I've seen South Carolina grow. I've seen all these women's teams that, you that aren't UConn or Tennessee that have come up and, and contended and won national championships. I'm not saying that's Virginia tech's future. I'm just saying playing in the ACC, that possibility is there. Like that could be your goal in the CAA. It isn't. And even whatever, even when I say they float a a different conference to a new coach, that next conference isn't that either. So it'll be interesting to see who they get. I don't think it'll be Kenny Brooks. I'd kind of love it if it was, but I'd also hate it for our women's program because I'm excited about them. Um, so that's that's where we got. Yeah, and Let's I don't some... I don't even know a hypothetical to throw out for yeah. Jamie Men's basketball. I don't know where it's you go. I don't know who wants that job. I don't know. I didn't know who Lewis Rowe was before he became the coach. So I, it'll be somebody. And, and if that's honestly the best him. candidate, then well, I don't know. Maybe you just don't have a men's basketball program. Maybe that's the answer. And that's what I said to you going up the road the other day. <laughs> that's what I said going to you the other day. Is like. I, I obviously am not a big fan of UVA's basketball team, but go look at their bench and try to pull one of those assistant coaches to come be your head coach. And you said, I don't even know if like, if I don't think a UVA that. assistant coach yeah. would do that job. I think he would look at that and go, no, thanks. 
that's a bad team. That's a bad program. I don't see any future there. And, and he would probably be right because we don't have one. That well, I, where I think the highest profile person I have ever heard associated with JMU was Rick Jarvis. When they hired Matt Brady, Rick Jarvis was apparently interested in the JMU job. And I don't know if that came down to dollars and cents or if JMU honestly thought Matt Brady was going to be a better hire than Rick Jarvis. But they could have had Rick Jarvis. I, they should have had him. If, if, they, if, he could, if they could have made it work monetarily and financially, that's who they should have gone to. That would have been the biggest yeah. name. Outside I mean, of Lefty Drizel, out of all those metropolitan areas, yeah, out of recruits like crazy. Yeah. Outside of Lefty Drizel, that would have been the biggest name to ever coach there. And who knows what Rick Jarvis does at JMU, and maybe he makes a bigger name for himself. But yeah, since then, I mean, obviously you've had Matt Brady yeah. and you've had Lewis Rowe. So, well, Bourne has hired good football coaches. Let's hope he can start hiring good basketball coaches. It would be a first. Quick hitters here: XFL, the Defenders. They got killed again, twenty-five nothing. They've been outscored sixty-four to nine the past two weeks. But they're coming back home. I don't know if they're just a home team or what, but it's it's been black and white difference here between those first couple games and these last two. Cardell Jones particularly threw four picks last week, had a pick this week, no offensive output. I also, people aren't talking about this league. They did the first week. It's came down a little bit the second week. I heard no one talking about this week. I watched it this week. It was good. I thought the Houston-Dallas game was a really good game. Man, Landry Jones isn't good at football. No, Landry Jones might not be that good. Um, and I mean, the Washington, knew he, I knew he wasn't as a Steeler. He was terrible. So yeah, the DC defenders might not be that good. Um, they're that playing St. Louis next week. That team's undefeated and looks really good. Uh, well, so I think DC is about to get their first home loss. I think DC might not be very good. I think we might have beat two bad teams at the beginning of the year. I think that's true. I, I did have a worry when I saw their head coach like sitting on the sideline, seeming overwhelmed during the first half of that first game. Uh, that worried me then. I think I said it on the podcast. I can't remember uh, who we played in that first game anymore. I don't either. I remember we played right. the Guardians second. We beat them, but God. All right. So uh, the race happened out Seattle. in California. That's who it was, the Dragons. Jim NASCAR Zorn. race happened in California. Your boy... Uh, I can't say his name. You can't either. De Benedetto finished 13th. Aaron, you said it right the first time. Yeah, he he actually had a pretty good run. Um, they had some issues with the car following along on Twitter with the Wood Brothers. That's such a great follow. Gosh, it, if you're there, you can hear them talking about it. If you're on the scanner on their channel at a race. But if you're not, their Twitter is such a great source of information while you're watching the race. And you could kind of see where, what's on their mind and what they're going through and Uh, They struggled with the car a little bit, but, hey, a 13th-place finish on the lead lap, you'll take that every day of the week. Alex Bowman wins it. Uh, He's driving that 88 car. Mm -hmm. Um, Bubba Wallace, 27th. That's the guy I started following last year. And then uh, Quinn Hoff, the local boy, finished 35th. Every time I see what he's doing, his car's running 20 miles an hour slower than the other cars. So I'm not really putting that on him at the moment. Um, No, it probably has something to do with the team he races for. That's probably not great uh quality compared to the others hopefully they can uh get it together there ncaa women's basketball i alluded to this a minute ago the vt women are something to kind of be paying attention to here if you don't normally pay attention to women's sports or virginia tech uh women's basketball they're a five seed in the acc tournament they're going to be going to the ncaa tournament um they will have a first round bye and then play the winner of unc and wake forest thursday at 11 a.m so lunchtime viewing can be set up there 
Uh, JMU women, I just watched them. I'll talk more about them later. Uh, but they're a good, solid team. Uh, I've liked other teams of them more than than this team. Uh, they don't shoot the greatest, but they keep chucking it up there. They have a girl that blocks every – I mean, she had like eight blocks the other day, and she set the like a mile ahead for blocks – for a career. She was a senior. Um, I'm just losing her name right now. Uh, but she was very impressive. Also the smalls girl was very impressive. They, she was very nice, uh, post game. We'll talk about that, but, uh, they have a chance to make the tournament even as an at large, apparently ESPN bracketology is saying two CAA teams are going to get in this year. Um, so that's interesting. That doesn't happen very often, uh, for the CAA. So they have two away games this week and then they'll have their women's tournament, uh, playing it down there at Elon, but let's get out of here. Let's get to the B block. We have John Leonard to talk some local baseball, uh, some guys that have played in the Valley and see what they're doing since. And then we'll see what else we can argue about with him. And here in the B block, we welcome John Leonard of all things Valley League back to the Yak Sports podcast. John, it's great to have you back. You're quickly climbing up the number of appearances, trying to catch the leaders. Uh, how does it feel to be back? Oh, it feels great <laughs> to be back. I love it. How, how many more times do I need to catch the leaders? That's oh, the question. A lot. Cody, Cody Elliott and Patrick Hyde are not worried about you right now. So. Yeah, uh, okay. it's a lot, but I would say of the newspaper writers for our high school teams, you probably are pretty close. Mike Barber is probably the leader there, but you're going to gain on Mike Barber. All right, I, I'll, I'll take it. That sounds good. Yeah, this summer's let's take, let's take him down. I, I'm all for that. Yeah, this summer we can get John on quite a bit, I'm sure. <laughs> I've not met Mike, so I'll I'll, I'll leave that to he's, you guys. He's a good dude. We love having him, but uh, let's, we got to have some competition in everything we do, right? Yeah. Plus, he's uh, pro UVA. So uh, let's let's talk Valley Baseball League, uh, John. With this, uh, with all the excitement of spring training, obviously here in the Stanton area, Tyler Zombro is that guy um, that people care about here in Augusta County. He's with the Tampa Bay Rays. How's he looking, and what are you projecting for you know this year with Tyler Zombro? Well, uh, from looking up his stats, he's appeared in three games in spring training so far and thrown four innings, and he struck out four batters, and he hasn't given up a run yet. Um, so, I mean, he's off to a super start in spring training, and I, I know we have to take these numbers with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, so good. And I like the fact that he's with the Rays. I think that he's going to get a chance to, to pitch in the major leagues this year and uh, maybe maybe contribute quite a bit. Who knows? Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I think that's the cool thing. I mean, you mentioned it, the fact that he's with the Rays. That's an organization that promotes youth. And, and really, if you're a prospect in that organization, you have to feel kind of valued because it seems like they – hit on a lot of prospects. They they do. And, you know, the Valley League has seen this story before. Just last year, Mike Brousseau, who played in Waynesboro a few years ago, uh, he was a non-drafted free agent, and he was hitting really well in AAA Durham. And, you know, the Rays called him up. He ended up getting a couple hundred at-bats in the major leagues, ended up playing in the playoffs with the Rays last year. So 
I love it when when teams like that give give chances to those those young guys coming up. All right, talk about the rest of the VBL and and anybody else other alumni that have good shots at uh, making major league ball clubs, or is this their opportunity to make a rise this year in the spring? Well, the the big name is Nate Pearson, um, who the Toronto Blue Jays uh, actually he's their top prospect by most analysts. Uh, big name, he's like six foot six, two hundred and fifty pounds. And he is regularly throwing fastballs uh, in the three digits. He's hit 103. And um, he's having a really good spring with the Blue Jays so far. And I, I think that there's there's no question that barring injury, of course, that, that he will be up with the Blue Jays this year. Uh, I think that they'll probably hold him down to start the season Um just because, you know, major league teams do that whole, the, the shenanigans with the service time so that they can keep them for an extra year. Yeah. Um, he would have been up last year, I think, except for some of those concerns. But he will be up. I'm, I'm seeing his name come across my feet pretty often. Um, and he, so he's really been lights out so far. He played in Stanton in 2016. So played in the Valley four years ago and, and it looks like he might be in the majors this year. So he and Tyler Zombro weren't, weren't teammates. They just missed each other by a couple of years. When, when you're looking at guys like that and the quick success that they have from the Valley League, as you said, he's pitched in the Valley League four years ago. Now he has the potential to get into the majors. Uh, I know you do you know, the kind of the media relations stuff for the Valley ba- Baseball League now. What does that do for the VBL's profile and, ha- you know, how that helps them get other players in? Well, that's a good question. I, I think, obviously, every player that gets drafted who has a background in the Valley League is just another is another name that we can sort of hang hang our proverbial hat on, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, you know, when think about individual teams, when they're recruiting players, uh, if, you know, with Mike Bocock in Woodstock, you can say, Oh, by the way, you know, I had Daniel Murphy, uh, play, he played for me, you know, 10 years ago. Um, well, more than that now, 15, 16 years ago, it's just, it's just one more reason that it makes the league look better. It makes the coaches look better. Uh, it makes the whole development standpoint, uh, look better, I think for the league. Uh, I, I wouldn't know what number to put on it, but I know that, that there have been some official releases that say that the Valley League has produced over a thousand professional players. Um, so while it doesn't reach the level, of course, of the Cape Cod League, uh, the Valley League is holding its own and, and uh, is doing really well. I just think it helps uh, helps in the long run, of course. All right, the Braves are my team. And I know their roster isn't maybe 100% set. What, what do I got to do to make sure my Braves get back to the glory of what they were in the 90s? You know, my formative years, 95, 96 area, they were just the champions, um, always contending. I mean, do I just need to show up every night? Is that, is that the difference? Is, is that my problem right now is that I'm, I'm loaded with three kids not coming every night? And that's the reason I'm not just bringing in Valley League championships every year? Yeah, I think it's definitely your fault, Leland, for not, yeah, for not going, going to more games. 
you know, I the, the Stan Braves have not been. Uh, it's not been that bad. No, um, they, they, know, they contend. And you know, last year they made it to the second round. Uh, if they had been able to hang on to some of their players, maybe they would have uh, been able to knock off the the top yeah. shots and make it to the finals. You know, the playoffs. They're just such a crapshoot at the end of the year. The, the best of three, you know, some teams have have all of their kids around. Some teams don't. Um, I I don't know. I think I think the leadership at Stanton is good. I think uh, they bring in good players. I mean, look at what Andrew Check did last year. Yeah. Um, he was just a beast. And uh, and I I just you know it's just it hasn't been their turn for a while. Uh, but you you definitely have more sustained success than some of the other teams. That's that's true. We always have the great attendance, which I'm always proud of. And even you know, of course, I'm part of those numbers sometimes. But I do appreciate, you know, good seasons or bad seasons. Stanton draws people every night. I I think that's true. I every time I've gone down there, there have been many hundreds of people there. Um, I think they must they must do brisk sales of concessions and everything uh, every night because there are a lot of people that go to the games. It's pretty cool. John, we want to get you out of here on a fun baseball-related question. Who is who would be your all-time MLB starting lineup for one game? Oh wow! <laughs> did you did you warn him about this? Is he prepared? I did. I prepared him for it. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> he, he did. I was feverishly looking things up. Just just. I'm gonna start taking ago. notes. <laughs> I am gonna judge you on this, by the way. So. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to make a mistake I made. <laughs> I, I made a big mistake with the basketball question uh, last <laughs> summer, and I ended up naming a whole bunch of Philadelphia 76ers, and that just didn't go well. So I, I at least planned this a little bit better. So am I? Is this team like playing for the for the fate of the human race? Like, is this like a? Yeah. A, it, well, I mean, it, if you want to put those like kind of stakes game. on it. Uh, that's up to you. It's a space jam scenario. You know, who, who's the Michael Jordan coming in? What, what stars of the Valley league do we need to beat the aliens? Oh, I'm not uh, even giving, I'm saying all time MLB. It doesn't have to be Valley league. Yeah. That's what I was amazed with. I, I heard it wrong. Okay. All time baseball. Okay. At least I can compare with this. Okay. All right. Are you guys ready? Are you going to write this down or something? Go ahead. I, I am. Okay. All right. So at catcher, I'll have Roy Campanella. Okay. I like that. Uh, first base, Lou Gehrig. Uh, all right. At second base, <laughs> I'd probably put Eddie Collins. Uh, he was an old Chicago White Sox. And <laughs> I'm if, aware. If not, if not him, then I would do. I would use Joe Morgan. Okay. I like Joe Morgan a lot more. I like, I like <laughs> Joe Morgan also in the booth, so. Okay. Uh, shortstop, shortstop has to be Honus Wagner. I think it's pretty clear that he was the best shortstop of all time. I know uh, Joe is is uh, yeah. really wanted to hear a different name there. It's not even that you didn't say Cal. That's fine. I s- well, I'll let you finish, and then I have because I'm seeing a theme. So I'll let you finish. <laughs> you're, you're seeing a theme. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Well, third base is Mike Schmidt, of course. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, he's, it's just, uh, you know, he's been, he was my favorite player growing up and everything. It has to be number 20. Sure. So 
in the outfield, I put I put Babe Ruth in left, and I put I mean in right. I put Willie Mays in center, and I put Mike Trout in left field. I think. Okay. I think by the time Trout is done, he might he might prove to be the best player that has ever played. I would agree. And then at DH, if, if it had to be a DH from the major leagues, then it would probably be like uh, an Edgar Martinez. Yes. Or a David Ortiz, maybe do, do uh, a platoon with those guys. Edgar, Edgar all the way. Yeah. <laughs> or you could just do a next available bat, you know? Yeah, like that's what... Do, like, yeah. Barry Bonds could be the DH. Oh, well, yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm going to have moral issues with this team, but yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Well... Okay, moral issues. Okay, I didn't know that that was one of the criteria. But <laughs> no, all right. It's your team. It's totally not. And if the fate of the human race is on it, sure, let's cheat. Um, who is your, who's, all right, we're going to be banging trash cans like crazy. In this yeah, game. we will. You know it. Who's, who's on the bump? You know, you know I think this, is, this might not be the most popular choice, but I think that I would go with Pedro Martinez on the mound. Really? Wow. Okay. But the way he dominated in the steroid era, I just think if you had to win one game, I think that Pedro at his peak, I don't think anybody touches him. Okay. All right, Joe, let me bump in because I'll be quick on my arguments. Okay. I'm going Nolan Ryan pitching. I would. Oh, that's no. one I would pick before Pedro. Why? Why isn't it really batters? He walks, hey, I'm he walks too many batters, and he doesn't care when the and he didn't care when the batters were on base. Love yeah, that. but he might throw a no hitter against these crazy aliens that are trying nah, to. Nah, these aliens are yeah. probably pretty good. He's gonna oh. he's gonna walk six guys because he's not because he <laughs> he wouldn't pitch the contact. Oh come on, man, Pedro, 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 all right. I also I also don't think I also I don't, I'm not putting Randy Johnson on the mound, but those Randy those aliens wouldn't be able to handle that slider. The big unit, yeah, that would be another one I would think. And then I mean, your Mike Schmidt is my King Griffey Jr. And so I don't know which outfielder I'm arguing for you to take off this list. Babe Ruth. But I always say that King Griffey Jr. in his prime, I think he played the best baseball of all time. Now his career numbers don't add up to be the best player of all time. I, I grant you that. But I think him at his best is better than everybody else's best. That's my opinion. You know why his numbers don't match up, Leland. Because he got hurt all because, the time. Well, yeah, after, from 30 on, he just he couldn't add. He didn't add as many numbers as some of these other guys because he was hurt so much. Yeah. You absolutely could make that case for Ken Griffey Jr. I would take Babe Ruth out. Babe Ruth is the well, most Ruth, overrated player in the history of baseball. Oh, my There goodness. I said it. You host a podcast for baseball, and you just said that Babe Ruth Oh, it's been overrated. said on there, too. That fat alcoholic Ugh. couldn't play today. Are you kidding? He would get killed. Well, that wasn't, but he's not playing that, today. Was that the question? The question is, all time, all time MLB, yeah. I don't even, he's not even going to make, this he wouldn't make my 40 dead. man. Mark him off then. He wouldn't make my 40, man. Compared to his contemporaries, Babe Ruth was by far the best baseball player that has ever walked the earth. Oh, my gosh. No. Now, maybe maybe not by far, but he is number one. And and if you want to use war, if you want to use wins above replacement, he is number one in that category. 
I mean, you can say that <laughs> you can say that he couldn't hit today's pitching, and that you you may have a may have a case, but uh, but boy, compared to his contemporaries, he was awesome. I would not put Babe Ruth on my forty man all time team. Don't want him. He's out of shape. He could never. He couldn't play the outfield today. Well, in his younger days, he was a better athlete than what he I'm was. Gonna take, I'm I'm going to assume we're taking these guys like in their prime in in, in our imaginary game, and sure. I will take Babe Ruth in his prime to to play right field and hit me homers. The one guy who you didn't mention from you know, I guess you know baseball of yore, which I was kind of surprised, John, because this is another pitcher I would take over Pedro Martinez is Walter Johnson. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if I had to pick a five-man rotation, uh, Walter Johnson would be on it. Cy Young would be on it. Yeah. Uh, Roger Clemens, Tom Seaver. I mean, there are a bunch of really, really good, good all-time pitchers. Yeah. Um, I just think with Pedro and how he can come over the top and three quarters and sidearm and sure. he can control all of those pitches. Whew. Those aliens don't stand a chance. I don't hate. I don't hate your Pedro Martinez pick. You're right. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the first name to come to mind. But I don't hate that pick. Um, there was another one that you said that I kind of. Was it you didn't like Honus Wagner? Honus Wagner's okay. I just think Ozzy Smith would be a better shortstop. I, I love his range. The Wizard. I, I think he covers more ground than Honus Wagner. I think he's a better shortstop. And you need a bat, though. Ozzy Smith had a bat. Yeah. <laughs> Honus you know, I, I, I didn't even I didn't even consider defense because I'm just assuming we're going to score 24 runs in this oh, game with this I lineup. So I mean, maybe. Well, Babe Ruth's going to strike it every time he's up. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Barry Bonds yeah, might get I mean, you some the, runs. Yeah. Yeah. What's the situation? You know, what are they putting on the mound? Do we have a righty or lefty going against us? We got to know this kind of stuff, Joe. I mean, your imaginary questions got to have some detail here. It's true. If they're if these are Space Jam people, <laughs> then the Dome Stadium. Are we on Earth even? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming we're going to play on Earth. Natural grass or turf? I mean, what are we I doing? think it's the only planet we can play on. So I'd, I assume it'd have to be on Earth. Day game or night game? What? Like, come on. We got to. I details. feel like this would be prime time. It's for the fate of humanity. <laughs> Definitely. I don't know. Everybody would be watching. Yeah. <laughs> this would this would be big. So maybe well, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I, now that Joe, we have Joe? John's team, I'll I'll create a lineup for the aliens uh whose talent they've stolen of uh, players to create the alien team. And uh, we'll have to see. Then the listeners can decide. Wow. It's exciting. I think we still need to have Muggsy Bogues involved somehow. Someone call, uh, yeah, someone call Warner Brothers. We got a movie. <laughs> Cancel Space Jam 2. That's not going to be any good anyway. Yeah, rewrite on LeBron's movie right now. Yeah, and it's just called, I don't know, Space Homers. I, there was another <laughs> one, but that one's already been used. So, <laughs> well, Space Heaters. I did my best. You know, at least I didn't end up with Andrew Tony at shooting guard for this one. Okay, that was you know, like that I, was true. When you left Jordan off that basketball team, oh man, we were about to flip the table. Maurice Cheeks, Andrew Tony, Charles Barkley, Doctor J, Moses Malone. I mean, I did like your uh, Moses Malone. I think that was the only one I liked. And Chuck, I like Chuck. You know, every Chuck ain't on that team. 
say something and you just want to take it back. And that was one of those times you're like, wait, wait, can I start over? <laughs> that was great, <laughs> it though. It didn't go well. <laughs> oh, well, John, we appreciate it. Um, we will be talking to you in the summer. I think it would be great to have you on again, maybe when the Olympics are going on, if if the Olympics happen, uh, to maybe preview Olympic baseball, see what you think about that, because I know you're a diehard baseball fan and we'll probably be looking into that as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I, I'd, uh, I'll come on anytime you need me, and I really appreciate, appreciate the time, guys. Yeah, make sure you're uh, supporting John as well. Uh, he's got that 20... 20- 19 all things valley league almanac um it's basically the entire history of last year it is a great buy i love the copy i got um and i enjoy looking back at it and reminding myself what happened throughout the year and seeing john's great detail that he put into each one of those games and the players and just the entire history of the league uh, you can also look and see what other players are in the majors right now from the Valley League. Uh, so you can be following along and supporting former VBL alum from your favorite teams. John, uh, you want to give the people any directions on how to do that? Yeah, um, I'm selling it digitally, and it's available on allthingsvalleyleague.com. Uh, the very first pins post there is instructions on how to order the 2019 Valley League annual if you are so disposed. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of it. If you want to know everything that happened in the 2019 season, that's that's what you need. All right. Well, thanks again, John, for coming on with us. And uh, until next time, hope you enjoy the rest of spring training and uh, maybe even some college basketball because I know you're a basketball guy too. So it, yeah, you know what? Let's get you out on that. Tournament. Yeah, let's get you out on that because I feel like i beat you up on your team a little bit and i feel bad about that so <laughs> who's gonna win march madness right now uh if i had to pick one team and i was gonna bet the house on that team i would pick kansas yeah it's probably it's uh, probably a good pick hate it though <laughs> i mean you know whatever yeah i know won't it be hilarious though for mark emmert to to hand the the trophy to bill self <laughs> I mean, would that not be awesome? And then the FBI cuffs him right there on the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's who I would pick uh, if I if I had to just pick one. All right. Well, thanks, John, for coming on with us again, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, time for the D block. But thanks again to John Leonard there coming on and putting up with us, arguing with each other and arguing with him. Um, but I like the I like the idea of some of these baseball teams. I think that's going to come back this summer, especially uh, when we have less to talk about. But uh, interesting to hear his thoughts and and you know talk about all those old players that we're never going to put on our teams. That's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be on the what? alien team next week. <laughs> what is dominating? My life is I went to the JMU women's game at the convo on Sunday and really had a good time. And this, and this is more about, I think I talked about the convo last week. I want to talk about it more. Um, it was cool being there for the last game. And they had a bunch of alumni from women's basketball on the court to pull that last, uh, last game, go from one to zero for no more games on the countdown at the convo. 
uh, that they, they threw the streamers at the end, uh, just a lot of history talk while we were there. And, and my wife and I have um, been married about a decade, and we've gone to a lot of women's JMU games up there. Um, we've even taken our kids so many times. We had our two of, two of our three were there with us this time, our girls. Um, one time, I think I've talked about this before, but one time my middle kid, Finley, she won that Virginia 529 uh, baby crawl. She went from the end of the court to half court and just dominated everybody. Everybody else was still at the foul line. She was at half court. It was she dominated them so bad that I had to stop like clapping. I had to like stop like being encouraging because it was like rubbing it into the people that were. I mean, she just dominated them. I don't think I've seen the kid crawl since then. I think she started walking the next day and that was it. But uh, it was <laughs> it was awesome. And that's my number one memory from the convo. But when I was there and I was thinking about that, not a Facebook post on that matter. I did remember those games that you and I covered there two nights in a row. Uh, Lehigh playing there in some state uh, super site, super regional, whatever they called it. Yeah. Gate City. And those and, were some uh, Dan fun River. games to call. And that was I think that was our first year mm-hmm. uh, calling games together. I think we got to know each other a lot through that weekend. And, uh, I mean, we were just Homer calling Lee just so bad. I mean, we, I, we were cheering the first game we called, they got, they were winning and then lost the lead, but then hunt on. Right. Uh, it's funny. We talked about this on the way to Spotswood. Um, yeah, they had a big lead against gate city and then Mac McClung and Zach Irvin erased it. Yeah. And they got it into overtime. I might've even been double overtime that they played uh, and the Lee crowd did not like coach Hatcher that night, uh, even <laughs> though Lee won. But then the next night they were down double digits in the fourth quarter to Dan river came back. I believe that game went into overtime and Lee ended up winning. I'm not as certain that that one went into overtime. Lee might've won that one regulation. I'm not sure, but regardless Lee won. And then coach Hatcher was, could have, you know, won mayor of Stanton that night. Uh, because everybody <laughs> loved him again. So it was kind of but, funny just to see. And I think I made a comment to you off air. You know, it's funny what 24 hours do to your opinion of a man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, it, those were fun games. I appreciate that too. Cause I mean, and I, I referred to the Homer call. I mean, I think Jarvis Vaughn hit a shot down that stretch there from like the foul line. And I just remember looking over to you as soon as he hit it. And, and you were just yelling that he had made like, just, it was so awesome. It was so much fun calling those games. And then Jarvis, I think, was doing the train or something out. It was just it was an awesome atmosphere at JMU. And that's what that building that Convo was able to do for this area. And and hopefully the new building can, too. They really don't have those super sites anymore. Uh, Not a lot of high school games being played there. But it'd be nice if they could get back to that, because having the big crowds in that building, um, you know, close to home was really cool. And so uh, while my daughter is my best memory at, at the Convo, uh, I will take, uh, when we called those two games, that, that was my second favorite memory there. And, uh, I'm going to miss that building. It's a cool, it's a cool play. It's different than ever anywhere else you've really ever been to, than I've been to. Um, it, the sound travels different the way the pep band is sitting there right on top of you. It feels like it, it's a cool place. And I, I, it'll be, it'll be nice to have a brand new facility there at JMU, but, uh, I think I'll miss it a little bit. It's fine. It'll be okay. Um, I'm excited that they're building a new arena. I think it'll help uh, the teams at JMU. Um, yeah, recruiting will be a big help. Yeah, so 
yeah, I, I had great moments at the convo. You know, those games you mentioned, um, I had called some other games there before. I've seen, JMU have some pretty big games that we talked about last week on the podcast. Yep. Those were exciting. And um, I will say in a comment to your super site to go back to Radford Gate City, uh, they sell out the Deadman Center there in Radford. So not all VHSL games are not super site type things um well they gotta kind of make them themselves i guess the that's true used to like that's make true them they used to have the tournaments there yeah they used to play yeah a series of games there you're right Roto so that's true college is hosting like three games on friday so that's that's in that vein there so yeah run up college's gym isn't their new gym that big their new gym's nice i'm not saying it's not nice i'm just saying it's not that big i'm not as big as the combo now yeah, yeah. but those games were fun Time to close it and open it up. up uh, I believe it's the Union Bank Center with Nickel Court and see if you can convince Evic to come. <laughs> That's how you get him. That's how we talked about it. Yeah. Kyle Evic. You get Kyle Evic. <laughs> you get Kyle Evic to come because he looked really good against Stewart's Draft. Stewart's Draft fans will tell you. You get him and then you have him work on Tyler Nickel. And Tyler Nickel goes, Yeah, I want to stay with my friend. And they already got Dalton Jefferson, I think, in the, in the program. So Yeah, so use that to your advantage, JMU. Just not Lewis Rowe. Um, <laughs> what's dominating my life has been the $85 million question, Leland. I've talked about it with uh, Rob. I've talked about it with Ron? you multiple times. I've talked about it with family members. Uh, so it's kept coming up. And I'll be honest, I have not found anyone else who agrees with me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, I'm not... I haven't changed my mind on it. I still think, and I've tried to explain this to you on the ride down, so I'll say it on the podcast. I just think it's, one, we're in different points of our life. Uh, so I don't have other people that I have to worry about. It's just me. But two, the office was on. I remember when it came on, I was still in high school and into college. Uh, I, in fact, I was in high school when it started. And I watched every episode the night it came out. Um, once DVR technology got better, there were some nights where we DVR'd and then turned it on, uh, at a point where we could fast forward through the commercials and not catch up to commercials, but it was watched that night. So I saw all nine seasons the night it came out and yeah, so I, I grew up with that show. There are still certain scenes that get me every time I watch it, um, either laughing or emotional episodes where, I tear up at the end, especially that finale is hard to get through each time. But, um, yeah, I love that show. And Orioles baseball was the other one I said. I don't know if I could give up. And I stick with that, too. Uh, $85 million. No Orioles for the rest of my life is hard. In fact, my next topic is Orioles-related. But um, I, the things I, just, I love, the things I love, I really love. And $85 million isn't going to be able to buy my love. The things I hate, I really hate. Jeff put out there, can we root for UVA for the rest of our life for $85 million? I don't think I'm capable of doing it is my problem there. No, I wouldn't. And because, like you said, I don't think I can. I Even when I root for UVA on a single day, it's usually only because it will benefit like. Virginia what, what Tech. Like? Well, usually only that? because like when we needed – there was one year where Virginia Tech needed UVA to beat. I think it was Miami so they could win the Coastal, and it happened that's the only time I do that. And that's the only reason I'm doing that is because it actually helps Virginia tech for UVA to win that game. I don't I think I ignored sports that day and just, and just walked away from it and let, let, let it be what it be. No, <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah, for $85 million, I can't root for UVA because... I, I don't think I'm capable. I, don't I think can't I get can. over that. Like, again, I'm a very... Uh, yeah, passionate is the word I'm going to use and not crazy. But the things I love, I can't be bought for $85 million. And the things I hate can't be bought for $85 million. And, and I think that's where our, like, argument on this question kind of, like, gets rough. Because, like, you were saying, well, I, I'd never make it on office. Like, eventually I'm going to break down and just watch The Office and stuff. But, like, I, I guess for me, on many things, I would probably have to be, like, it is not possible. Like, it's not physically possible for, for it to happen. Cause like I, I would like, if I, you can't watch baseball the rest of your life, my TV pops on the baseball. Am I going to like scream and yell and turn it? You know, like, I, I just don't know how that works. So I think that's my thing, but there is, I, I really think my fandoms probably when I was 22, I would probably be closer to you and like, Oh, I couldn't give up being a Steelers fan for $85 million. And I couldn't, but like, I think all that stuff has kind of become more of a thing like more of an object than before. And I think it relates to us being in different places in our life. And so I'm not trying to like rub that in. It's just like, I am a different fan than I was 15 years ago, no doubt. And, you know, I used to not miss a second of a game and we can't leave the stadium early because I don't care if we're getting blown out or we're blowing them out. I can't leave to now like, yeah, some, some Virginia tech games happen and I don't even watch them, you know, because I have something to do with my family. So I, I'm not trying to just, have a cop out there against you on that, but I am a different fan than I used to be. And I do think I still am true fans of these teams. It's just, I, I think I'm know. a little more grounded as a human because yeah, I, don't I, I don't know. I think you just that. say you love Virginia tech. Now I, I would give up Virginia tech for $85 million. I think we said that. I think I said football and Virginia tech would fall under that umbrella, but and see, I could be a fan like you are of like, it seems like Virginia tech for UVA. Cause all you do is talk crap about us. Like all you do is just say negative things. Like you just, it's, it's almost like you want us to fail just so you're right. Sometimes I think I could do that for UVA. Like I could be that kind I of, see, that's where UVA. we're wrong. I'm, like, I'm a hey, fan. They, they're see, terrible. They're not worth anything. Yeah. See, I was right. They're terrible. Now, like, this is a disagreement. That. I'm not a blind fan. I'm a fan, but I'm not a blind fan. I see problems, and I want problems to be corrected. So that's that's the problem with Virginia Tech football right now. There's a problem, and the, there's a fox in the hen house, and if we let him, he's going to kill all the chickens. So hopefully hopefully the fox gets kicked out of the hen house soon. But I want to hear more on this $85 million. I think we might adjust to our return guest on, on their 85 That's going to be our new recurring question it for, might uh, need to be yeah for once yeah. after we know what they're binge watching we might need to bring up the 85 million dollar question but i see know. i think my problem with it's not physically possible for you to do it aspect is it's phys- it's not like madison bumgarner could just not rodeo oh no but, but that that option I think is that's where we started though madison presentable to him uh, maybe he that. loves rodeo though but he's risk yeah i think he's an idiot i i, I don't love rodeo so i can't imagine doing that but I'll say this, even I let's say in the future, I am in a similar position as you Okay. in your life. It's, it's an Orioles World Series. Like this. I'll give you that. It, that, is. it is. It is. Uh, that's a different topic. You, Probably not you for the podcast, but um, no, I'm not saying it that way. I'm saying you don't you you don't. Un, it's one of those things you're just not going to understand until you have it. I, I, sure. I, just, like, I can't imagine. If the Orioles finally get to a World Series, I can't imagine being like, oh, can't watch the Orioles in the World Series. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not like, prior, like, 
when there's big moments for my sports, I, I, my wife will be. Which is why I can't what, stop watching the Orioles for $85 million. I don't want to miss that. I love the Orioles. I grew up on the Orioles. I grew up. Baseball was my favorite sport when I was younger. It's still my favorite sport now. I can't imagine stopping watching the Orioles and potentially missing a World Series I, in my lifetime. I mean, I, I am lucky that I have a wife who knows who I am and does know that, you know, Saturdays during the fall, we we, we aren't planning out-of-town trips and because I'm going to watch tech football. And she knew before, the moment I asked her to marry me, we weren't getting married <laughs> after August. Like, it, right. it ain't happening. So, uh, you know... You, I still prioritize things. Uh, that's that's a different topic. But I, I would give up being a fan of it. I would give up any entertainment thing, activity. I, I just can't think of one that I would not give up. Being capable of, of becoming a fan of something, that's, I think, a different verge of that question. I don't think I am capable. But I, uh, I'd give it up. I'd give it up. For $85 million, I'd, I'd give up watching... No, when that when the Orioles finally win a World Series, it'll be worth so much more than eighty five million dollars. I'll find something else. I'll fish more. You know, I'll no. hunt, hunt deer. I don't know. I will no. do something else. When the Orioles win a World Series, it'll be worth more than eighty five million dollars. Speaking of the Orioles, what I know that, that you need to junk, know that hunk of junk trophy, that piece of metal. Yeah, Rob Manfred can go jump in a lake. <laughs> um, I'll take his job. It's not eighty five million dollars, but I'll do his job. I can do. I can do it about as poorly as he is. Uh, what I know that you need to know. Staying with the Orioles, J.J. Hardy threw out the first pitch today in spring training. And I miss J.J. Hardy. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. will always be my favorite all-time player. J.J. Hardy wasn't nearly as good. J.J. Hardy's not a Hall of Fame baseball player at all. But, man, that guy worked really hard when he was an Oriole. He was extremely underrated when he was playing. We got him for absolutely nothing from the Minnesota Twins. And he was a huge spark plug on those teams that uh, played well, went into the postseason. And it was so much fun watching him play. He was definitely my favorite player on those Orioles teams. I've got a J.J. Hardy shirt. Uh, He would always be introduced when he came up to the plate by the PA announcer as J.J. Hardy. And the crowd would do it. And everybody loved him. He was such a fan favorite. I really miss him. I really miss those days. We're going to stink again this year. But... Um, he hugged Chris Davis, so hopefully he gave Chris Davis some talent so he can carry over his hot spring into the April because <laughs> I just have a feeling once uh, once we start the 162, Chris Davis's uh, hot spring will come to a crashing halt. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens when he faces Major League Pitching. All right, um, my what I know that you need to know is that I watched the morning show, so it was dominating my life there briefly, but I wasn't a big fan. I uh, I wanted to like it. It has Steve Carell. It has Jennifer Aniston. It has Reese Witherspoon. And all those people were fine. You vary in your... They vary in their likability at moments, and they're supposed to. That's that's the design of the show, is that these are dynamic characters. Um, some more so than others, but each one of them at different times gets presented with a negative tinge or outright negativity and then all of them you have some where you're trying to take the negative person and make them a little positive or or vice versa so i thought i didn't like it i i i'll probably watch season two just to see the story go on and see if maybe they fix some of the stuff i I didn't like about it i'll at least give it a chance because those people involved i 
I have interest on what they're doing in any, whenever I see those people in anything, I'm interested in what it is. So I'll see, but I overall didn't like it. Um, I thought the acting was uneven throughout the series. I thought one episode to another character's identities got lost. And so I, I, I don't, I'm not recommending it. I I'll say that, I guess I'm, I'm giving it the, I, I wouldn't bother to somebody that hasn't watched it. I, I would say, let, let me see season two or see something about season two before I would even give that a chance because, um, I really overall didn't like it. There was great moments. There was cool things at different times. There was unexpected things at different times, but overall I didn't like it. And so if you haven't watched it yet and you were waiting for Leland McRae's stamp of approval, you didn't get it. So you got to move on. I know this will probably be the lone factor in Apple TV not sponsoring us now, but is there anything on Apple TV good? Because occasionally I'll see a commercial, I'm like, that looks like it might be okay. And then the Apple TV logo comes on, and I'm like, no, I don't want to see it that bad. No, I mean, the morning show was the only thing that I had ever seen that I wanted to watch, and I was anxious to watch it. I mean, that that cast, I was really anxious to watch it, and uh, we, we had our way to do it and we knocked it out and now I look through there and there's nothing else. I mean, I think it's a platform so you can access other things. You can access HBO go through it and other things that doesn't interest me at all. So, um, it's, I, they'll need something else on there for me to want to pay them money, I guess more than I have already, which I haven't paid them any money, but, um, you know, mm. we'll go from there. So, uh, it before the trial ends, hurry. Easily, if someone wants to offer me $85 million not to watch the second season of Morning Show, I'm in. That's not a challenge. (laughs) Well, we'll keep talking about the $85 million question, I'm sure. Maybe not next week, but we'll keep talking about it unless folks bring up another question for us on Twitter like John, uh, not John, Jeff Wright did on Twitter when he asked us if we would be UVA fans for $85 million. Maybe John will have a question for us. On $85 million. I know John said I was crazy for not giving up the office for $85 million, but um, maybe John maybe John has something he wouldn't give up for $85 million. I don't know. Um, but if you His do have something... Watching baseball. Watching baseball, the sport. Yeah, that would be hard for him, I'm sure. I don't... Well, I don't know. Maybe he can tell us in the we comments. We gotta have him back. We gotta have him back now. Yep. Now he's. <laughs> now we have to have him back, Yeah. <laughs> Also, so I can insult him with the alien all-star team versus the human race. Spoiler alert, I think we're all going to die when I'm done. But, uh, yeah, we want to thank John in all seriousness for coming on to the Exports podcast. If you have something that you wouldn't be able to give up for $85 million, tell us. If you think I'm crazy, feel free. Uh, we'll just add you to the list. Make sure you're following us on Yak, uh, at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter. Same on Facebook. You can find us on uh, gmail.com, yaksportspod at gmail.com if you prefer email to Twitter and Facebook. If you subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, you will never miss another episode, so be sure you're doing that. As Leland said, we're going to try to post on Monday of next week so you can get those episodes in a timely fashion before the state semifinals for, hopefully, Stewart's Draft, Riverheads, Boys, and Girls. So until then, folks, we thank you for listening to the Axe Sports Podcast. For Lulu McRae, I'm Joe Deck. Good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.